Blog Talk Radio. Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world, featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever-curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. And welcome, everybody, to another night of our Emerging Pagan Leaders series. And today we're going to examine the Aquarian Tabernacle Church. But we're going to go ahead and <coughs> make a few mentions. I hope your Mercury retrograde is uh, is out there. As you know, this will be marked by the outrage yesterday of the entire uh, Facebook world. And it's interesting. So people have had a lot of theories about that and everything else. So the upcoming shows... Tonight, we're going to be talking to Dusty Dion and Brenna Grace, and then we're going to be moving on, and each of these nights have been so interesting, so I'm really kind of pumped about them. So we're going to be, without further ado, let us go on to Dusty, the Right Reverend Dusty Dion of the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, a gentleman whom I've known for several years now. Uh, He's gone across the United States. He's kind of grown into a position where he is working really hard, but I'll let him explain himself. Here we go. And welcome to another episode of our Young Leadership of the Pagan Community. Today we're talking to Lord Dusty Dion, Archpriest of the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, one of the oldest and one of the more respected traditions out in the world today. Uh, they were participants in a lot of different activities including the 2018 Parliament of World Religions when they, we had a Wiccan summit. They've been involved with a lot of different things. And uh, Lord Dusty here has, has been a very active part of that. And, and, and when he was nominated, it made only perfect sense. He does a lot of activity. But we're going to welcome aboard. Hi, hi, Dusty. Hey, it's an honor to be here. It's good to see you, Ed. It's good to be it's, – it's, it's been good to be seen and to be heard. Um, so – let me go ahead and start off. It says, so people who don't know you, and I expect that a lot of people who listen are just learning about the, 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 the nature of, our, of the leadership. Can you tell us a little bit about your origin story, you know, the comic book history? So it was a stormy, lightning-filled Thursday. As the bolt struck the ground, my mother screamed during the largest and longest of the tornado sirens that went off that night. Her scream was drowned out, and so was mine own as I came out. And I looked at my mother as she held me, and I said, Welcome to Earth, Mom. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But um, (laughs) that's the origin story of the birth. So um, I was actually born during, like, the worst lightning storm in that year on a Thursday. And my name, Dustin is derived from Thurston, which means Thor's stone or lightning rock. So a lot of Thor energy in there. So I thought I'd throw that out. I met a wonderful woman named Lilith Three Feathers. Uh, she now teaches at Wolstenstein Theological Seminary uh, through her son, who I went to kindergarten with. And uh, that is my introduction to paganism. I uh, He told me he believed in angels, but not God. And I was very spiritual as a child. And I didn't understand that, so I wanted to know everything about him. And I got to know him and his mom, and she took me one morning to sing the sun up one equinox. We got up at like four in the morning, went out in the middle of the woods in the dark, and sang up the sun, and I felt the revelry. And the, I was Lutheran, 
and they told me I would feel the revelry when there was God. And so I went to church and I said, I felt the revelry and this is when I felt it. And my church was very hip and they were like, we're so glad you found God. And so that was how I stepped on the path. And I've been pagan since I was five. My parents are Lutheran, Catholics Mm -hmm. turned Lutheran. And uh, I found paganism of my own accord very young and stepped on that path and haven't stepped off. And, and, so I'm, and, I'm young, but 33 years on the path. And, and that's important to understand. So experience, you know, while I've, I've, we've been doing this show as about the younger leadership, it's about introduction. And a lot of people have been doing really strong work. And you have too. So before I get into the heavy work that you do, one of the most interesting projects you've been carrying out lately is the Pagan Information Network. And you have like almost 700 little episode, episodes. That you work mm-hmm. with. Um, can you talk about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, Pagan Information Network was originally started, if I'm not mistaken. I, I want to get my history right. So if I'm wrong, please write Ed angry emails, but about me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. But it was started by Gavin Bone originally. And then after. Uh, Gavin and Janet and Stewart decided to join up with the ATC. It got handed to Pete to turn into a, um, a, a vlog cast sort of website, but at a time when people didn't have personal video cameras and microphones like we do now, so it never really took off the way that, it, that Pete invented. And then the pandemic happened. And <clears throat> I had already tried to revive it on social media through Facebook, and it was working pretty good. I had um, a good friend and Karelian, Aisha Boshaman, helping us with it, Um, which, honestly, we don't usually um, work with people outside of ATC officers for ATC properties, but she's so amazing and trustworthy and honest and stand-up that I was – and fun that we asked her if she wanted to help. She's like, sure. Well, then the pandemic hit. I started getting on TikTok because people told me it was neat. And I realized that Pagan Information Network might work perfectly for one minute news bites. And so Pete would always tell me that you get further with elbow patches than you do with big pentacles. So (laughs) I put on a blazer and I put on a nice shirt, and I got a nice background, and I got a news opening sound, and uh, I put together a format, and 700 episodes later, and I think 30,000 followers, um, it's doing pretty good. It's doing pretty good. We average around 1,000 views per video, some less, some more, some way more. And uh, I'm very proud of the work that's being done there. And I'm really glad that other people are seeing it, too. We're having a really good time. Well, I saw it when you went on TikTok, because as everybody knows, I'm a a big advocate of the TikTok community. Um, Of course, I love everything uh, Internet. And, and, well, I have not done so well. You look me up. It's it's a pagan on uh, TikTok. I haven't done that well with myself. But you guys did a remarkable job. I've been watching it. And then you bring those also back to Facebook and Instagram and all the others. So you use TikTok. If I understand right, you use TikTok as like the base, and then you brought it back and back into the other sort of formats. It, TikTok is unique in that it posts 
posts to the right places that then post to the other right places. So you can start your genesis on TikTok and it will post outwards. And I'd also like to say that Pagan Information Network isn't news about pagans or about paganism or necessarily by pagans. It is news and notes that pagans would find interesting to know about. So we have a lot about archaeology, quantum mechanics, history, new discoveries in science, while also dealing with things like new books and magic coming out. Uh, we have a new media uh, correspondent that's been working with us, and we also have a new astrology correspondent. But for the most part, we talk government, we talk politics, we talk nature, we talk local happenings, but things that pagans would enjoy. As a news junkie, I've really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I think that it's a it's a great piece, and I, I'm you know I I I do I really find it very fascinating. But let's go ahead and, and move on to your so that well that's interesting and it's fun. It's not the bulk of your work. Um, you no. are you're a full time clergy member, right? There I you am. Are. There's not a lot of us in paganism, but I am no. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there isn't a lot of them, but, but you are. And you are an archpriest, which is of the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, which is one of the oldest groups. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, the beloved uh, Pete Pathfinder Davis was uh, inspired a lot of people and inspired a lot of, of people to do this sort of work. And... Um, You've kind of had to step into the masculine side of that role as 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 as, as an heir. I mean, and uh, Lady Belladonna is the archpriestess of the Tabernacle Church, and you guys made a very successful transition from one set of leadership to to another. Can you talk about that experience? Yes, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> the first thing was that Pete started training Bella to take over his spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the better part of a decade before she actually stepped into the role. One of the keys to successful leadership transition is that you should always be training your replacement. You should be, you should look around you right this very second and figure out who in your immediate area would you feel comfortable replacing you. And you don't have to feel a hundred percent, just the one you feel the most comfortable with and start training them to do it. Cause you might get hit by a bus tomorrow. And maybe you'll find someone better along the way and decide, well, I'm going to start training that person too. Now that's my replacement. But you should always be training the person to replace you. Don't let ego get in the way. Don't say, well, if I do that, that means they're going to replace me. You just want them to be able to if you need to step away. And so Pete started doing that pretty early. Also, Bella and I don't, in our own lives, don't sit inside what you would call traditional um, gender roles you know we very much she took over for pete you know mm. she is the one that does all the stuff with the government and deals with things on a legal level and deals with the more projective side of the workings of the church where i though i do deal with kind of the political side of things which pete dealt with um I deal a lot with taking care of people's emotions, with reaching out to the affiliates, doing a lot of the more receptive, what, what some people might contemporarily call um, feminine. But in the ATC, we actually don't use masculine and feminine anymore. We use projective and receptive because you might be masculine right now, but you might project an idea today 
and receive the idea tomorrow. You know, it takes a projective and a receptive, not necessarily a, a penis and a vagina. So we teach that, you know, just like it takes a receptive waiting gravitational field to receive the projection of the exploded quasar, so is life. It takes a place to receive and a thing that uh, projects to create. So just putting that out there real fast. Uh, I, I truly believe that uh, one of the things I'm dealing with right now is that um, in some religions, I'm going to get serious for a second. So uh, we're seeing a lot of it in the Asatru community where radicalism is trying to find a foothold inside of their religion and mm -hmm. inside of their communities. And Goddess came to me very recently and said, radicalism, we think in Wicca that it won't come here, but it's, it can. And she says one of the places that it that we're vulnerable is in male female dynamics. It's right for people going, oh no, you must be a man and a woman because that's God and goddess, and that's the only way Wicca can be worshipped. And we're we're vulnerable to it. And so I have sat for long hours trying to figure out, but is it about male and female? And I have come to the conclusion that on a universal as above, so below level, it's a projection and a reception that create, not necessarily a man and a woman. So, but, so I, I work a lot with, with that, but I didn't really answer your question. I kind of hedged and I apologize. Well, you answered the question. I think it's a very good one. And I think that you, like you said, um, I know uh, Lady Belladonna, which we will hopefully have her when we do our educational, the top educators. Right. Uh, my whole plans for Pegasus tonight is, you know, I'm doing these, these sort of introducing you, reintroducing everybody back to the community. Um, I think that one of the things that's happening because of this rapid growth, and you guys have really done well with it, of the community over the last 10 years. I mean, all my life have been historically correct, but it's really started to grow. And you guys getting into TikTok, I mean, 30,000 may be, seem like not a very big number. But that's a tremendous number. It's larger than any festival we've ever cast to reach on a daily basis. I left Facebook uh, recently. I don't know if you noticed. But oh, I, I did. I have Bella and my dog. Those are my friends on Facebook. I had to delete everybody because I have to still run the properties for the church. But uh, so I couldn't just delete the Facebook account. But yeah, I got 30,000 followers on TikTok in mm -hmm. four months after I left Facebook. So it is definitely a place that is ripe for pagans that want to learn. If you've got something to teach, you'll find a following on TikTok. It's very interesting. Um, one of the things I ran into, let me ask you, because you have to deal with this directly. Um, again, as I mentioned, ATC has a, a unique 501c3 that's uh, different than everybody else's. It's, it's um, Lord Pete who did a really good job. He understood early politics. He got it. And if you think you can get it again, no, because as soon as he got it, they shut the door. He, he was a master politician in this aspect. And with it, he, you guys started your own space in Index, Washington. You actually have a mother temple in the sense of a physical location that is maintained year-round. Um, can you talk about that? I mean, it's got to be tough to actually have um, that. And I know you've had some real challenges with some storms and the COVID and everything else. Can you talk about having what is a historical location? 
Yes, absolutely. We are nestled in the caldera between the Cascade Mountain Range and the Skycomish River here in Index, Washington. Um, Pete, actually, interesting fact, the original church was in Seattle proper. Um, Pete, Pete got divorced and uh, lost that particular place, and this was Pete's sanctuary, basically. His railroad sanctuary, because Pete was a railroad aficionado. And he decided to turn the place he loved the most into the place that would house his soon-to-be passion, which was the church. From the moment 1979 when Pete started the ATC till the moment that he passed away uh, in 2014, he, he lived and breathed the church. And so his very life essence went into building this place. We have a standing stone circle in the background that mm -hmm. uh, all of the stones were dredged from about a mile away in a creek, uh, large cut, perfect menhirs, which is the fickle name for a standing stone. Pete was very into that word. Um, literal menhirs that surround our circle. Um, we have an acre and a quarter. He also had the property next door historically. And after he passed away, Bella is as much a master of real estate as Pete was of politics. And in this climate for housing, she got that entire property for uh, $40,000 with, uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know how you, she told the lady she was gonna, and they went, no way. And then the lady called back and went, we'll sell it to you for 40,000. <laughs> but so we were able to double the property size after Pete passed away and return it to its historic uh, footprint, which was a huge, huge thing for us that we were happy that we could do because we know Pete always wanted to get that property back. But we maintain a large, you were saying that we're unique within paganism with, the, with our paperwork, and you are absolutely right. We are unique. We have what's called an umbrella 501c3 and a sole corporation which those two things together make us a true hierarchy, just like the Catholic church with the Vatican or the Mormon church with the prophet. And uh, because we have a corporation of one, a board of one. So the way that the church runs is we have many subsidiaries, Spiral Scouts, Pagan Information Network, the Eleusinian Priesthood, um, you know, Wiccan Cauldron, so on and so forth. There's a laundry list that could keep going that runs out of this, which the mother church, though it also has our historic circle, runs very much like an office building. You know, it, it runs very much like an office. We work from the time we get up, which is around six o'clock in the morning, our time, to around midnight when we go to bed. And we're, I, I wake up and roll over and pick up my phone and look at what's been said to me overnight before I can open both eyes. Uh, it's a big ship, as Pete would say, and it takes a long time to turn it. And so we have to be up early and we have to be to bed late. There are an entire web of affiliates that depend on us to make sure that we've got this place taken care of. And it's been difficult, like you said, since COVID, because it takes a community to take care of this place. There is a lot of assets, you know, from the circles to the yard, to the cars, to the walls, to the floors, to the everything. It takes a church to, to handle and take care of. It's been quite the feat to do with just me and Bella since COVID started. And, um, and you've had a few challenges out there, loss of electricity at moments with some of the storms, I lost your telephone for a moment, your internet. I mean, you know, that's, yes. 
So, so it is that. So, you know, that's sort of it is. And so anyone who ever wants to really make a significant difference, you know, you can donate to them. And if you want to make a bigger donation, it is absolutely covered. So that for all of, us, for all of you who are looking for a good tax deduction from that, ATC is a great place to put that money. Well, thank uh, you very much. You can do so through Honeywell. Like if you have a partner match with your uh, – not Honeywell. If you have a partner match with your um, business – a lot of mm-hmm. times you can put the ATC as the charity you want. We also work with Fidelity Charity and Amazon Smile, and we're everywhere. So, yeah, I think that is an amazing thing. But, okay, I want to get into one more thing that I've got, and then we're going to talk about something that I think that you do really well. And I want to get people done. You're one of the few, I think maybe the only one, and, and, I'm, and this I'm jealous of because we got so close and we got shut off, is the .edu for Wolstein Academy, right? You're an EDU. You're online. You're an actual EDU, which means an educational, which is a highly restricted domain. And uh, early on, we tried to. And, um, you know, we've gotten our seminary. You know, we built a seminary structure under the new laws. But this was very unique. And I know that Lady Belladonna took it over in 2004, I believe, as as the main dean and that sort of thing. Can you talk to us about it? Because you guys – give out degrees mm-hmm. and um and it may kind of seem silly to some people um about degrees you know because there's like not jobs yet but i think the community is growing into it very quickly now right. can you talk to us about that i would love to yeah um pete got his like you said pete was a master of politics and so as soon as the edu thing started pete got on it and he filed paperwork. Pete was amazing at filing paperwork. He was basically a Vogon. <laughs> he was so good at red tape and so good at paperwork. And I've read his poetry. He very much was a Vogon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he um he got that .edu through the Washington Board of Higher Education under a religious seminary exemption. Mm-hmm is how it happened. Uh, we have to reapply for that every two years. Like we, our curriculum is vetted by the state every two years to make sure that it still meets uh, criteria. We have the ability to give associates through doctorates, though we currently don't have a PhD on staff uh, to do the doctorate's program. We're, we're working on that. We actually, I don't know if you know this, we just hired our first full-time paid employee in the ATC. In the entire history of the ATC, we have an, a legitimately salaried person who can now pay all of their bills on what they make, and it is the dean of the Wilson Theological Seminary, Cara, um, Cara Williams. She has, and she is doing amazing things now that all she has to do is work on the, ch- the school for her job and not split the time. It's growing in leaps and bounds. So Bella had another school called Wise Seminary that didn't have a .edu and was this close to getting the same stat, uh, status mm-hmm. that Wiccan Seminary has, which is actually called the Wollstonestein Theological Seminary, for those out there, um, at wiccanseminary.edu. So Pete calls Bella and he goes, hey, uh, I want you to take over my school. And she went, nah, I'm already running a school. I'm good on doing your work too. And he was like, ah, no, I don't want you to do my work too. I want you to just come and work at my school. And she said, I looked at the curriculum to your school, and I don't like it as much as I like the curriculum at my school. And he said, well, you can teach your curriculum at my school. 
And she was like, you know, it just seems like a lot of work. And he said, well, I've got a better email. I've got a better website than yours does that you might be interested in taking over. And she was like, shoot. And he said, wickenseminary.edu. And she was like, I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was how that, I was there for that phone call. And so we have done our best to, oh my goodness. I was just in it with somebody on like our Wicca or something like that, who said they couldn't believe, they couldn't respect us because we were selling classes. And I was like, I think that hosting a legal college is a little different than selling a class on magic. But you said something interesting, Ed, that the jobs hadn't caught up yet. But I am here to tell you, you can use our degree to get a job as a chaplain in the military. You can use our degree to get a job as a chaplain in a a hospital. You can Mm -hmm. use our degree to get a job teaching comparative theology or any kind of theology class in a college. So there's already places you can take our degree and become a professional. 100%. And I think with the rapid growth of of Wicca and paganism, um, in 2018, you were part of this magnificent – we did the uh, Wiccan Summit. Which came to be, and then it came down to the uh, to our uh, description at the Parliament of World Religions, and I think that was a very turning point for a lot of the uh, Wiccan traditions, not pagan, but Wiccan, where it got recognized as a a religious force uh, for those cropping on the board and on their time, uh, you know, and and a number of the Wiccan churches got together. Um, it was a very interesting time that it was there, and I think that at that moment was a turning point. Let me go ahead and, and say this. The reason why it was Wiccan, you know, and, and the military, the first military really was Wicca versus paganism is because pagan is such a broad term. It's hard to get an agreement. But the Wiccan churches finally came together 2018 after a long period of time. And they've now and, – and Wicca and witchcraft has grown. You know, there's an argument for paganism, but it's really Wicca and witchcraft that has grown so much, at least in my opinion. How are you guys handling that growth? I mean, are you guys handling it? Are you seeing it with your with your own groups? We absolutely are. We absolutely are. But a lot of what's happening, because you, you're on TikTok, you see a lot of the mm-hmm. people that are showing up um, are young. They're oh, yeah. like under, sometimes under 16. They're just, they're finding it. They're finding magic. And they're they're coming to a universal truth that we all know, which is that you don't need anyone to facilitate your connection to God, goddess, your connection to spirit is your own. You don't need someone standing up on a pulpit telling you how you're supposed to feel or how you're supposed to connect with God. But where we are bringing people into what we're doing is also getting them to understand that even though you don't need us for that, to be able to learn how to use those keystrokes of magic correctly and effectively so that you can make real change in your world, that's where you need good teachers. And so we're not here to facilitate your connection to God, but we are here to facilitate your connection to education and to fellowship. Because one of the things I've been talking about on these, not panels, but just discussions is that, You might not need them now, but one day you're going to be dying on a bed and you're going to want someone from your faith that's legally allowed in that room. And it might not be important to you now, 16-year-old, but 61-year-old Ravenclaw 
pagan witch is 100% going to want legal clergy. They're going to be able to, when they're older and can't pay their light bill, they're going to want a pagan relief fund that helps them because the Christian one's going to force them to come to their church before they get any relief. And they're going to be like, well, I don't want to do that. So it has not stopped us from growing the COVID and everything because we've been able to get online with people. And as people... I want to talk about that next. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, I have something interesting to talk about with that that I'll, I'll bring up about. We were supposed to be on a panel with a bunch of Christian churches and they omitted us But uh, about COVID. But uh, we found that the growth has stayed and that our retention has been good because we have offered the people what they actually want instead of sticking with what we think they want. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very important point. And one of the things I'm learning from this is that um, not only do people start young, and I found so much of the leadership were teenagers, but the second thing was is that while uh, I'm listening to a lot of the elders, and I'm, not, I'm actually using a new term called eldermost, um, okay. and it represents the, the baby boomers, and the eldermost are people 70 and, and beyond, because a lot right. of people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s are becoming elders, which is a very traditional age for elders. But we have these eldermost, and they're like, oh, no, we, you know, they're not really happy. And they're saying with everybody having so much access to information, but the younger you go, they're saying they're drowning in information and that they need structure and, and not restrictions, but structure and how to understanding the information. I mean, right now, a Wicca book, a pagan book, a, a magic book comes out every – a new one comes out every single day. And people are surprised yeah. that when I say that, we go, no, there's like – over 500 books on this subject being published every day due to the fact that we have no friction. But um, so I, I agree with you on that. But here's one of the things I think. So COVID hit. Boom. I was out on the road. I gave up my apartment. I was about to go do – I was on the practice of doing a reality show. You know, I was out heading out for a lot of places. I was going to start filming people. And all of a sudden it ended overnight. So you and um, the Corellians both did this very quickly. Both of you didn't skip a beat in them for a moment, and you guys did yours first. Spring Mysteries, and you went right online. You didn't – there was not even a heartbeat moment. It was like, okay, we can't do this. Instead of giving it up, you guys went on, and you're continuing this process. Uh, Hecate Sickle, this is coming this month. Um, you did Spring Mysteries, now twice online. Can you talk about how you guys were ready, not just not – just did it, but we're ready to make that transition into a, a, a world without missing what, what I feel like you guys didn't miss a heartbeat and you did really well. And it was not only was it done well, but it was beautiful. I mean, it has a lot of beauty um, to it, you know, uh, physical beauty. I mean, you guys you do it. And I'll let you explain all that, what it is and things like that. But I really want to know how you guys just were there. So I have to give some props to one David Malinsky of ATC Canada. He is the first one that went, we can't, we can't have this physical ritual. If this COVID thing is real, like they're saying it is, we can't get everyone together to sleep in a barracks. And we were like, okay. So we went and sat back and looked at our resources because the first thing you got to do is identify what the issue is and then look at what resources you have to take care of that issue, right? Mm -hmm. Wollstonstein Theological Seminary. We've been throwing online rituals for 10 years. Uh, 
So when it came time to say, we might need to make this online, we had all the structure already set up to put things online. Now, the real trick was <clears throat> getting the entire cast moved in that direction and backgrounds purchased and, you know, people had to buy cameras and get all their stuff. We had three weeks, three weeks to take something that we had been rehearsing for three months and turn that three months into online. We had to teach people an entire new way to do things because when you act on a stage, you always step back a little when it's somebody else's turn, not necessarily physically, but energetically, because you don't want to steal the spotlight from the person talking, right? So when you do an online event, you have to be animated the whole time, whether you're on camera or not, because if the camera comes to you, you can't just be sitting there and waiting. And then, oh, my turn. So I am Zeus, you know, right? You want to be able to be in the flow. So of things like that, there was just a, we have a good theatrical department. We have a good director's group, uh, which we call the Umopadi. That's the name of our director's group for Spring Mysteries Festival. And the Umopadi did an absolutely fabulous job getting everybody's tires pointed in the same direction so that we could move forward. Um, I want to point on something real or touch on something real fast. We got invited to speak about how we had changed uh, or how COVID had affected us uh, at this. Uh, oh, it was something that the Christians were putting on where they were getting a bunch of churches to come in and talk about COVID. They got a hold of us. <clears throat> I said, you know, we're pagan. Is that going to be a problem? They said, no, it'll be fine. So they asked, you know, what did you do? We said, well, we led by example because your flock is going to follow what you do. Um, so we told everybody they weren't allowed to come to church anymore. We moved everything online. We did social distancing and we got vaccinated on camera so that our people would know to get vaccinated. And they were like, this is very interesting. So we're not going to use this on our panel. <laughs> and they didn't. They got a hold of us and said, so we've bumped your thing. Uh, if you still want to come, here's the, but uh, have a nice day. Because it's not what they wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear oh, we were common sense and took people's health seriously and didn't play a game like God was going to protect us from the virus <laughs> and that the devil gave us the vaccine. And that's what they wanted. And that's what they didn't get. So one uh, of the reasons that I, yes, sir. No, go ahead. Finish. I, I was just going to finish by saying one of the reasons I think that we have been successful in the transition period from Pete to Bella and myself is because we have stayed flexible like the willow and have been willing to do new things and to work in the parameters that the universe has thrown to us. And, and it's, a, it's a, definitely a very big rarity to um, see that. I mean, I think now we're starting to see some maturity in, in the entire pagan world and especially, and I don't want to just be exclusive to it, but I've, I've seen a lot of the older churches kind of just dissipate you know, that there were formed there. And I only see a couple of traditions moving on and having replaced. I mean, in my own tradition, um, we chose a new first elder, and we chose somebody who was under 40 for the first time, and uh, Lady Alyssa. And there were people who were shocked, why did I do that? But, but it's, it, to me, I had to send a message because I was first elder. And trust me, she's way better at it than I am. I'm a terrible <laughs> first elder. Um, I'm all politics and administration. And our first elder 
really holds the heart and soul of our tradition. And people said, well, why did you do that? I mean, she's, you know, that sort of thing. Well, she shows a lot of wisdom. She has a lot of great strength. But it also sends a message to everybody that we were making a long-term commitment to our own tradition. And I think Pete She's also a mother, right? She is a mother. And brings that energy to growing the church, yeah. And she's Sorry now, to interrupt. Oh no, no. I mean it is. And she was uh she she became you know part of the process and teenager. And I think this is something that you that Pete and you guys have done really well. Because I know it's a lot of your officers. Well you have a tremendous number of very respectable elders in the ATC affiliate network. You know, several countries, several groups, and some of them are very nice and very senior individuals. You have a lot of young people. Um, your new Canadian archpriestess is, you know, they're all, you know, they're all investing in the long-term survival of your tradition. Can you talk about the idea of your long-term survival? It's a younger, sexier ATC. That's that's for certain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that was a, a joke that we started saying when we first came in. When people were like, "You're so much younger," yeah, you know, we we're like, "What's the younger, sexier ATC?" So Bell and I have um, just a specific management style, and that management style is put the new people out front. That's why they're here. They're excited. They want to. They want to do stuff. And a lot of magical traditions go. Oh, I'm so glad you're here and excited. Sit here for four years until you hit a second degree, and then we'll really get you started on doing stuff. And we don't do that. We take our second degrees, third degrees, and we bring them off camera for the most part, and we put them behind the scenes. We have them doing the actual running of the church while the um, brand new people, we get ready for ritual, and we have them out doing ritual because they want to. They're excited about it. So we just work with the natural energies that are around us. We also do um, classes at pagan clubs at colleges because if you go and find a pagan club at a college go teach them a class let them know that you're in the area doing this stuff the people that are leading those clubs will come to your that your churches and if you have something worth offering they'll become the officers in your church because they're already used to serving on that level and they want to keep doing it so One of the things we do, at least pre-COVID, is we would go teach at colleges and talk to pagan clubs. And then we we also give pagan clubs uh, group discounts to our events so they can come to them. You know, if you take care of the younger generations as best you can, they'll come and take care. Myself being, I guess, and they call me an elder millennial, right? So, like, I'm at the beginning of the millennials, which I'm all about it. I hope that you've enjoyed the ruining of your marriages and car buying and all. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, um, right. No. But, uh, you know, as a millennial, things, I, I'm the first to know that not only do things have to change, but they're just going to. We're just, for as a people, the younger we get, the less they're willing to toe the line if there's not a good reason. And they're changing the structures. So we did that when we got to the ATC. We went, this doesn't seem to work. This doesn't seem. And a couple of those things we went, okay, no, bring that back. Bring that back. We didn't know why that worked. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and I'm watching, I'm watching that happen on, tic- on Twitter. Um, there's a lot of, now I like Thelema. There are a lot of young Thelemites that are being jerks on Twitter. Like 
wow. And it's finally coming to a head where people are being like, hey, this is the younger people are like, I was looking up to you, but I think you might actually be a jerk. And I'm watching this happen in real time. So it's been interesting. I think a lot of the reason that the older churches have felt like their numbers are dropping off is because we're in this ebb energy of all of the young people learning their own stuff, making their own mistakes, and they're just about to start asking for help. I'm watching it. So I, 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 I'm seeing the same sort of trend. So, so we're going to go into a little bit of rapid. Um, yep. So one of the things is, is that, so let me go ahead and ask you this. It's important. Um, yeah, I, I understand that because I was an early Xer who got thrust into like national theme, like at 30, like, what are you doing to me? Um, and so it's very interesting. So one of the things I want to ask you is, so what music are you, uh, are you listening to now? What should you know out there? What, what is your music? Okay. So I love Sublime. Sublime's like, my favorite, but I'm listening to Hamilton. Good. I pretty much have Hamilton on repeat because when you're living on your knees, you rise. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and so the other thing is, is, are you obsessing over it? What is, what is your obsession now? It could be anything like food or it could be uh, that sort of thing. What are you obsessing on now? Uh, I, honestly, I have been, I have been obsessing on self help <laughs> and working out and making myself uh, feel good about my own skin. You know, the, the, um, the, the COVID, the pandemic and being locked down has made it so there's not as much going on. There's not as much stimulus stimulation. And so I have been stuck in my head listening to the thoughts that I haven't listened to for 38 years because I've been in front of a television. So the thing I've been focusing on the most is me. And it's about the first time in my whole life that I've been doing that. I can understand that. So you have Hecate Sickle, is it, or mm -hmm. Sickle Fest? Is that, got yes. that right? Yes. Um, it's coming up really quick. So anyone who wants to do something in October can't go out. Tell them a little bit about that. Then I, then I have one last question. Yes. Hecate Sickle Festival uh, is the festival where Hecate takes us down different paths of magic and uh, different energies. Like we might have an all Egyptian sickle, like a comedic sickle, or we might have a Celtic sickle, or we might have, uh, uh, we had animal, uh, animal totem sickle, which was really awesome. But this one is Avalon. And that's and October. October. Let me look at my calendar real quick. I believe October 7th is when it starts. So it's really Quickly, so if you're listening to it, look this up. You're yep. really looking for something to do. This is a, I think, I think it is. ATC puts out really beautiful rituals. Thank you. I'm um, Lancelot this year. Lancelot. I'm a, I'm a big Avalon fan. Um, and so my last question is of, of, the, of this show. We're gonna, get, we're gonna have uh, Lord Dusty back. I mean, I have no doubt in Belladonna. There's things that they do in spots where I want to really that, but as the new Pagan Tonight Radio, I'm gonna focus on more micro, um, more of these niche pieces that I want to make sure you guys understand. What is, you know, you've got another 60 years ahead of you. I mean, in today's current society, you've got another 60 years of life. You're just barely getting started in some ways. And people are always like, oh, that doesn't, that's not true. But we know right now that, that we're going to live 80, 90, 100 years unless, of course, things can happen. But we're seeing a maturity of that sort of thing. So 
what does your future look like for you? Do you have any ideas of what you want to do next? Uh, I do. And actually, one of the interesting things is that Bell and I both don't feel the, quote, the need to hold on to Arch Priest, Arch Priestess our whole lives. We have goals, and we want to hit those goals. And if we do, we're all about getting someone else in that has goals that they want to meet, right? Mm-hmm. So my goal is monetary affluence. I know that you believe that some pagans find money to be a curse, and I, I have found that to be true. So what I want to do is I don't want to give someone a dollar that's standing at the street corner. I want to give them a job opportunity. Mm-hmm. So my goal for paganism is to buy defunct businesses like nail salons, nightclubs, bars, grocery stores, and to work inside of them and have the money that or pay them good wages that let them be affluent. They work in a pagan environment. The, the, uh, the Mormon church, LDS has done this. And then the overage from the church go into pagan uh, events, pagan charities, mm-hmm. and just let these and buying new businesses, having a nightclub that pagans can host events in. Because one of the hardest things for us in Georgia, we wanted to rent out a bar, put our person at the door, take money at the door and let the bar take the money from the bar, right? And do it as a fundraiser. Nobody would let us, nobody, but they did it in Savannah because of some pagans owned a bar and let them do it. And so since that moment, I have wanted to have pagan run businesses that put pagans to work, that put money back into the pagan community. That's my goal. We had one of those clubs in Chicago, the Avalon, and we were able to do it. But when that club closed, none of the others wanted to pick it up. We would do a uh, right. theater night. We did, we, so there, this was like the 90s where they were like that. I haven't seen that. I think that's a very noble cause and everything thank else. So, so I want to thank you for being on, and I want to give you a moment of praise. I think that you've done a really good job of probably what I think is going to be – I will be honest with you. I think that very early on, there was a lot of resentment to such a young leader in charge of a noble organization. I think you've grown into it and have really taken on those responsibilities and shown people. And you've gone, I think, in a lot of ways. So I know in our tradition, uh, cousins, there's, there's often this term of cousins, and we talk about Aisha, which I feel like is an ambassador. I would love to see her be more of an ambassador. I think she's uh, like a wide-scale uh, individual. I think she's going to be very – I think she's – and she was nominated as well. Um, so if everyone knows, eight, only 18 people were nominated across three countries. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so it's like it was interesting. It's an all, honor. It, it is interesting, and I didn't choose these. These, these, are, these are peers. Um, and I want to thank you for uh, – one of the things I think that you've done really well is you keep focusing on the community versus on your own your own selves. I think too many people think of leadership as as a reward and not a responsibility. And I think you've really fallen to the, the secondary. Chase the work. Chase the work and your degrees will follow you. Chase mm-hmm. the degrees and you might find that you never reach them. And it's an honor to serve at this level. This is not, uh, this is not a party. Though it's fun, it can be very fun. Mm-hmm. It's work and it's serving. It's servant leadership is what we call it. And I agree. So I want to thank you for being here. And everybody, we'll be right back after this music and uh, spot, uh, spot for our sponsors. And uh, and we want to do it, Archpriestess 
Archpriest, I'm sorry, uh, Lord Dusty Dion, how do they contact you if they want to? What's the best way to, to contact? You can write me at hp at atcwicca.org, or you can call the church uh, between our open hours of 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. PST at 360-793-1945. Not many churches have a phone number of our, of our goods. So thank you. We'll be right back after this musical break. And uh, thank you. And uh, we're going to definitely have more of this ATC because I think they're like a really remarkable group out there. Thank you. And we are back, and we'll be right there. We're going to have to take the musical break, because I think I want to get right into the next interview. We are, here's our sponsor. Pagans Tonight Radio is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anywhere, anytime online magical education. And this next individual, which is another member of the ATC, is Brenna Grace. And she and I discovered we had a lot in common uh, with the social media and such. So I want to continue, and I'm just going to... Go right into this. Hi, everybody. We are for another exciting day. This is going to be part of the ATC Day of Young Leadership, and I think it's very exciting. And so we're talking to Reverend Brianna Grace of the ATC and uh, of, uh, of a number of items. And one thing I know that people have seen in her, if you have not seen her elsewhere, you should look up Pagan Information Network. We're going to talk about that. And so we're just going to go right into it. And hi, uh, Brenna. Welcome hello. aboard. <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Um, as, you, as, as we've talked about. So I, I know that people know you from a number of different things. You probably do a lot more leadership of things that, that people don't know about. But can you give us a little bit of a story of how you've gotten here? Absolutely. So um, I grew up Catholic uh, in a Catholic family. Um, very, we like to, out here in the Pacific Northwest, out in Seattle, um, I like to call it a lax Catholic. You know, all we do is go to mass and pretend, I don't, you know, I went to Catholic school. Um, so mm-hmm. it wasn't crazy rigid or anything, but, you know, it definitely gave me a uh, solid foundation for wanting more ritualistic type of religion because, mm-hmm. you know, many people refer to Catholicism as the pagan Christians. <laughs> uh, I... Ended up going to Western Washington University to get a degree in journalism and public relations and met up with a pagan club up there. And that is how I originally met everyone at the ATCs because they would go to their annual uh, spring mystery festivals and Hecate Sickle festivals. So that is how I ended up getting really into paganism. I ended up being um, every position we had in the club up to president of my last year. Uh, and then once I graduated from school, I started going to the ATC and joined the coven from the ATC Mother Church. And since I had a degree in journalism and public relations, I took over the Church of Social Media in 2013 and uh, worked very closely with, you know, Lady Bella and Lord Dusty, who oversee everything. And mm-hmm. I am now the director of PR and marketing for all ATC, ATC-affiliated um so really, so. Oh, terrific. So why don't you go ahead, uh, ATC, you know, tell, you know, tell people what ATC is. Oh, the ATC, the Aquarian Tabernacle Church of Wicca International. Uh, we are a national group organization, an official 501c3 nonprofit. We are an umbrella nonprofit, which means we can create other tax-exempt groups and churches. 
mm -hmm. uh, for those who don't have easy access to that kind of thing. Um, and the UTC does a lot of outreach, making sure that people have access to big church, big church resources for their small covens or small churches, right? So we do our best to put out, you know, lots of documentation, help them with leadership, help them with uh, giving them, you know, schools and classes for them to send their students to if they don't have, you know, something in their coven that they want their uh, people to learn, uh, things like that. So we're really, we're, we're big church resources for little small covens is what we like to call ourselves. That's interesting. That's a very different way of, of, of phrasing it from the ways that, yeah. Um, it's very interesting, uh, uh, the way that you phrase that. And so you're in charge of PR and media. Uh, and uh, one of the things I think you're most recently known for is the Pagan Information Network. I actually uh, had just a little bit of hand in that. I helped get it up off the ground a little bit uh, mm -hmm. with this wonderful lady named Namir. She started it out, and I, you know, kind of held her hand a little bit while she started it. Was helping her, you know, figure out what kind of things to look at, what kind of things to write for mm -hmm. about, you know, for pen. Um, I actually manage, uh, help manage our newsletter, Panegyria. Um, that's one big thing that I'm doing right now. Um, and then PIN reports on anything Panegyria uh, puts out as well as, you know, many other things. So I actually am kind of in a background position with PIN and I help, you know, Aisha and anyone else who needs the support whenever they ask for it because technically they're, you know, under my umbrella of marketing for the agency. Absolutely. Actually, this is something you and I share. I'm the CIO of my, of, uh, of the Corellian, for the Corellian tradition. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, that's actually been my forte for myself, too. So it's, it's nice to talk to a kindred soul inside the system. Yes. <laughs> um, so Panageria, for those who don't know, is, I think it's like decades. I know it's decades old. I mean, I've got early it copies. Is over 30 years old. It okay, was it was like yeah, it's the original ATC newsletter that Pete Pathfinder Davis started way back when. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's had lots of iterations. And my eventual goal is to turn it into a viable, like, magazine. That is my dream for Panageria. I, yep. you know, I did a lot of graphic design and journalism in college, and so magazines are my jam. And I would love to make it into a magazine someday once, you know, we have more people helping and I have more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting because um, I tell people we're heading into zero friction, which means that you could actually produce magazines one copy at a time mm -hmm. yeah, now with some of the systems. So we're coming into a time where both uh, virtuality and physicality is and you're in charge of that. And you say social media. You guys have really got quite a bit of social media. You want to talk about that? Oh, man, do we ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we have the general – Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, right? Those are our main ones. We have LinkedIn. Um, and then, you know, not only do we just have the ATC levels on there, but mm -hmm. we're um, really ramping up uh, marketing for the Wolstenstein Theological Seminary, our Wiccan seminary, uh, mm -hmm. where, you know, we have at least one of those for each of, um, each of those platforms. We have a Wiccan seminary account. We have... Um, an account for Save the Seeds. We have an account for Spiral Scout. So anything related to ATC that is social media is on my desk, and I get all the notifications for it everywhere. Um, but it is so wonderful to work on. Um, you also might notice we have a lot of temple pages that we sponsor 
Temple of Apollo, mm-hmm. Temple of Artemis, because of the Spring Mysteries Festival, which is an Eleusinian mysteries continuation with the Greek deities. So we have temples mm-hmm. to all of these very important Greek deities within the Eleusinian uh, mystery story that we worship, that we uh, rise up, you know, we put out there for the people to communicate with and to um, contact them throughout the year and not just during the festival so that they have a deeper relationship with those deities. Uh, it's quite beautiful. We were talking earlier today with uh, Dust, or, uh, with Dusty, with uh, Archpriest Dusty um, about the idea of you guys didn't, and I guess you were very much involved with that too a little bit, is you didn't miss a step. When COVID hit, there was like the, Two groups came right out of the bat. You guys did miss uh, Spring Mysteries. You were right out of the bat and being able to move it online. Yeah, we did it in three weeks. It was unreal. Um, I I have been the Spring Mysteries Festival Director this last year and this coming year as well and for, you know, the foreseeable future. So mm-hmm. I actually run the whole festival at this point, and it is, it is a great passion, and we all love it. <laughs> and it's quite beautiful. It's, it's beautifully laid out. I mean, I, what I've seen of it, um, I you know, people didn't know. It was right before COVID hit, I was started, I was hoping to get out there. I was expecting to. Um, I had given up my apartment, as everybody knows, that I was heading to do the filming for the reality show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe we, we deserve more, more uh, credit for that. And then all of a sudden, COVID stopped us. And you guys just jumped right in, and then it was something to see. It was something very interesting to behold. Um, <laughs> so everyone did, and you also now have Hecate Sickle coming right up. We uh, do. I am the um, assistant festival director for Sickle coming up. Uh, we're doing Arthurian legends. Um, we're awakening Avalon. You know, doing a lot of like, uh, you know, into the mists kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's gonna be great. I just saw all of the costumes of all of our cast for yesterday and oh my gosh it's going to be beautiful <laughs> they look so, awesome i'm so excited for this festival it'll be fun and um where people can find that festival you can go to sickle.hcwicca.org uh that's s-i-c-k-l-e um sickle.atcwicca.org so you can tell your immediate person you spelled that out <laughs> Uh, so it must be very interesting to be involved with all of these different types of energies. And so do you, this is, you know, this is, so is this still all volunteer for you? Is this something that's more of an avocation or is it your vocation? So it is, it is my vocation. Um, I recently quit my day job of running a, the office and marketing and shipping for a motorcycle luggage track company, uh, <laughs> which I helped build up and grow, and it's doing great still. And I still do a couple of like freelance uh, work for them as well. But I recently quit that job this last year, and I'm a full-time priestess and psychic tarot reader. Um, my tarot reading is to help me support and pay my bills while I continue on my priestess journey and work on this church. And the goal is to make it so that I can be paid through the ATC. We just recently were able to hire on our first dean for the Wiccan Seminary, full, full-time, full full-paid dean. That was mm-hmm. awesome. And so we're continuing to go that direction. And the hope is that, you know, the couple of us that do all-day work for the church are going to be able to be paid to do this work. That would be just lovely. 
It would be absolutely, and I understand that goal. It's a it's a difficult one, and since you're in charge of a lot of the inf- uh, infrastructure for communication, that's going to be a lot of that's going to fall onto your shoulders. It sounds like. Uh, yes, yes, it is. It is a lot of responsibility, but mm-hmm. uh, I am grateful that Goddess thinks that I am up to the task, so I'm going to keep doing the best I can for her. Well, not only do do they think they're they're up to task, but obviously se- several of your peers and leadership around around the country actually believe that as well. And so, and so, so let me go ahead and let me go ahead and further into your story. So you're, you came out of a Catholic background. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you're a Christer. You're saying you're a Christer, which is lax Catholic or Christers Christmas Easter. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And um, well, I did go to church every week. What? I'm you did? <laughs> That's okay. So you, so you're more than that. So you're lax. Catholic, okay, yeah. and that's how Catholic Church seems to relax. You can always go back and do the confession. Exactly. Oh, I can't imagine if we ever went back to the Catholic Church. What, what type of, <laughs> how many yeah. Hail Marys we would have to say? And, many. <laughs> oh, I think I think we would never, yeah, yeah like forever. So it's, <laughs> it, um, and so, so in this process, how? Let me go ahead and because this, this is interesting because you're the first person of. In this position, I've, I've, we've been talking to a lot of people who are in different positions, mm-hmm. and this is a pretty unique one. This is not, a, you know, most temples, most covens um, don't need a marketing person, don't need a social media person. I mean, the high priestess does, the priestess does, they do a little bit, but mm-hmm. it, it, you usually don't need a dedicated person. So it's it's so it's pretty unusual. How do I you have a whole dedicated team of marketing? I'm the head of marketing, and I've sure. got um, at least four people that are always with me that do. Um, I've got one person that helps schedule all of the posts and make posts we make. I've got one person running and editing Panageria for me. Um, I've mm-hmm. got another who does all of our TikTok and uh, is an incredible idea generator. And and then we get you know other people coming in and out as they want to help make posts. Um, you know, just offer their assistance too. So I actually run a team of people with marketing. So we have we have a lot of people, but we're a big international church, and our goal is to be a household name in every pagan's mind. You know, we want to people to know that we're here for them and that we can help in any way they might need. Makes sense. Um, uh, and I know that you're, it's very interesting because the according tabernacle church. Um, has really made a transition in the last few years from the founders mm-hmm. to uh, younger leadership. It, it, it survived the changeover, which is a rare thing in our community. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the, how uh, the founders, the founder and founders developed some of those structures to allow people to actually move in. But you guys are now expanding on it because you, you're pretty young as a leadership as a whole. Hmm? Yes, I am 31 years old. Um, so just out of my 20s, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but I have been, you know, studying under Lord Dusty and Lady Belladonna for almost 10 years now. Um, mm-hmm. And when I first joined, I was, you know, up there all the time. I was helping. I was, you know, a little bit of Bella's and Dusty's personal assistant for a little while. Mm-hmm. I traveled across the U.S. with them. So, you know, I was gifted a really interesting look into paganism from all the way out here in Seattle, where I, you know, am very cut off from the rest of the world. You know, we get very insular in our little communities. And so I was Mm -hmm. able to travel and see and meet all these people. And so, you know, whenever we have guests 
come in from out of town, I would usually go grab them and take them to Sims and take, you know, drive them wherever they needed to go. Like I was the little designated like greeter, right? <laughs> so sure. I've gotten to know a lot of different people. I've gotten to uh, hang out with Lady Selena Fox, um, with uh, our wonderful Lord Tom Lewis, um, mm-hmm. with Orion Foxwood, Oberon Zell. You know, I've gotten to have personal one-on-one time with all of these fabulous leaders that have really helped me grow and learn. And they have each, each one of them has taught me really important things that I've carried on with me throughout these years of growth and leading this marketing team. Um, and it is just, it's just wonderful. I love this work and helping goddess and talking with all these beautiful people who have wonderful views of the world. So I, uh, I was gifted a special time in my early training where I got to be with Bella and Dusty a lot. So I got to learn a lot of things from both them and all the people that they then know as well. So let me uh, ask this. So what is, what is like one of the funnest adventures you've been on? Have you, I know there are probably lots of them. Have you been done anything that you like really consider like mind blowing and fun? Mind blowing adventure. So God, there's so many, but. um, Oh, I understand that, but. I know. So I got to go down to um, the south with Bella and Dusty. I met them in Georgia and we drove all the way up through Georgia to North Carolina and then over to uh, St. Louis to do St. Louis Pagan Picnic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was super fun. You know, I got to learn a lot on that trip from being with them 24 seven. Mm-hmm. We got to go to the Biltmore house in Asheville, North Carolina. And, you know, I saw so many different like pagan things in this house where, you know, they were just like, oh, they're Freemasons. They're not pagan. They're not, you know, they're Christian. And like, but there was all the iconography was clearly pagan. And I got to go and see like where the roots of like Wicca came from in the Mason, uh, in the Freemasonry. And then I think my favorite thing though was going to St. Louis Pagan Picnic. I remember very vividly, it was super, super hot. We were all sitting there sweating. I remember that. Oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. That was where I first got to meet uh, Don Lewis. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, we were sitting there and this woman comes up and like, you know, Dusty stands up for the 110th time to tell her all about the ATC, what we do, what we offer. And then when he was done, she starts crying and is like, oh my God, I found my people. And it was that moment where I was like, wow, you know, what we're doing out here is really important for people. And I am so grateful I got to have that chance of seeing how we can impact people just by talking to them and being there for people. So that was, that adventure really like solidified my goal of being a priestess and helping people. So that was, that was my favorite adventure because it really meant a lot to me. I can understand that. Now, when we're talking about it, you guys took on TikTok, and you guys did uh, you and Pagan, Pagan Information Network, and mm-hmm. but TikTok was somewhere that you guys really uh, did really well with, and you've mentioned LinkedIn, the Instagram, and all of these sort of social media. It sounds like mm-hmm. you're in all of them. Uh, don't forget Clubhouse. Clubhouse has really turned hot too. <laughs> Um, it's another app. It's a, a voice app. that's communication. So she's looking to Clubhouse. Just to, just to protect your names. Uh-huh. Um, I'm big into protecting names because um, it's the only way. I do believe that the internet is is this sort of you have to protect your names out there. And mm, so, absolutely. And so, but you did the TikTok, and you got like thirty thousand or more, uh, probably yeah. more by now, fo- fo- followers that's on. 
Hmm? Dusty killed TikTok for us. And by killed, I mean he just rocked it. Like, mm-hmm. he jumped all both feet in, was so into it. Um, I have to give most of the credit to Dusty and then to my other uh, wonderful marketing helper named Numir Laveau. They mm-hmm. kill TikTok. I... I like, I, I know, you know, I know as much as I need to know in order to like help them run it, but they right. do so well at running that platform. I barely have to even touch it. They're just, they, That's they great about having a good team on that. Mm-hmm. So in, in your own experiences, so you talk about what, how you consolidated it, but what internally consolidated for you to, to become a leader to, it sounds like you came to be a leader coincidentally or through a process. Can you talk about how that catalyzed in yourself? And do you see yourself as a leader? I am starting to see myself as a leader. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, right. I, I'm just doing the work that I can do and, you know, enjoy all these people I'm with. And, you know, I always knew growing up that I wanted to be a teacher of some kind. Um, I do adjunct teach Wicca 101, 102, 103 at Wiccan Seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love teaching. I love helping people. I love, uh, you know, helping them figure out where their strengths are, how to uh, build up weaknesses and make up for those. Um, and, you know, so I've just been helping people as much as I can and going into that. And, you know, my teachers saw that I was really dedicated to this. And so they started giving me more and more responsibility and teaching me little tiny leadership tricks here and there to see how I did. And, uh, you know, uh, my teacher, Lady Belladonna, she is very much into building people up in their own, um, with what they're successful in and what they love to do, right? Finding out those little things that they're good at and putting them in uh, perfect places for them to both grow and help the group grow. And so that's also what I love to do. And so I've, you know, grown off of that and as I've been teaching more and more people, more and more people come to look up to me and ask me questions. And so it's honestly within the last year just occurring to me how much of a leader I've become in this uh, group of the ATC. And it's so rewarding and so terrifying, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. mostly rewarding. (laughs) Well, I think that people misunderstand leadership, at least when I've, as I mentioned it, leadership is not a reward, it's a responsibility. Yes, but it is rewarding as well. It's, it can be rewarding, but it is not, in the essence, something at the end of the road. It's a, it's a process. Yes, it is a continuous process. It is Your job is never done. And so you've done this. You've gone you know, cross-country. You've done a lot of things. And, so, and, and you're emerging as a, as a young leader. Um, so if somebody were wanting to join the ATC, You've got all these, let's call them what they are, funnels. I mean, I actually talk to quite a few. I'm a big Gary Vee fan. I'm a big marketing fan, as I said. And so you've got funnels. And so you can funnel people to the right information. That's Uh, right. Tons of stuff for people to come in through. You know, it all depends on, A, how you find us, B, what you want to do, right? mm -hmm. So you can come in through Spiral Scouts and say, like, I really love Spiral Scouts. And, you know, it was a great program for my children, and I want to help it. Right. And so then you can go through and help Spiral Scouts. And then maybe, you know, you meet the CEO of Spiral Scouts and she figures out that you're really good at this, uh, you know, creating social media and creating this and this. And then you'll come to my marketing meeting while doing social media for Spiral Scouts. 
And then it just kind of grows from there. Like if you want to continue doing more things or if you hear something that needs help with, they're allowed to come in. Um, but we do have a lot of ways for people to find us. You know, we have the school, we have Save the Seeds, we have uh, our um, festivals, we have, mm -hmm. we even have prison ministries, we have uh, Spiral Scouts, like I said, there's just so many different ways you can find us. Um, and we all work really closely together so that, you know, if someone is doing really well somewhere and we think that we can utilize them, um, Mm -hmm. utilize their skills to better serve them and the community we can move them somewhere else uh you know we we really cater to the individual we want you to succeed and we want you to have a good time and be happy with what you're doing in this world so and so did, it, did that answer your question I'm i not did sure. answer it it, it does okay. people um uh one of the things I think that people are uh, one of the things that people are not aware of just how much long leadership we've had have had that sort of statement, and um, I'm, they've been very fortunate because a lot of them just like some of their first interviews, and I'm really kind of uh, pumped about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let me go ahead and ask. Uh, so one of the questions I've asked everybody: What is the music you're listening to now? Uh, my current favorite album I cannot get enough of is Halsey's new album that was produced by Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails is fabulous. I cannot get enough of it. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, Belladonna and Dust, as you mentioned them, the Lord and Lady. Yep. So who else would you consider in the community to be kind of the people that you – you have role models in the community? And, you know, is there any, anybody out, outside of those two that you would, that you would consider uh, some that you're looking at? So um, Bella's first, uh, or maybe not first, but Bella's previous maiden and her previous coven, who's also one of her best friends, her name is uh, uh, Anastasia Laveau, I believe is what she's mm -hmm. doing. Um, she is totally someone I aim to be because she is like, you know, Bella's got that wonderful passion and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to be her and Stacia because Stacia's got this, she's also a, a psychologist or a counselor. Um, and so she's really, you know, works with everyone super well, is just sweet as can be. And I always say I'm going to be Stacia someday. <laughs> um, as for other leaders, you know, I really look up to Selena Fox. She is wonderful. When she came and visited, she was just so kind and asked me my own personal stories. And it taught me to really get involved with other people's personal stories and get to know them as people, too, so that they feel loved and appreciated. So I really look up to Selena Fox and everything she does as well. And the secret of Selena Fox is she gives really good hugs. Um, <laughs> she does. I'm, I'm a big Super Selena Fox fan. Um, I've known her for for a, while, a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I I agree with you, and, and and I do mean it. She's everybody's grandmother. I mean, she's mm -hmm. like the grandmother. She used to be everybody's mother, and I she hates. Oh, her. and of course I can't forget Janet Farah. I want to be Janet Farah when I grow up. Good. Yep. She came to visit us a few years ago up at the tab. She is Bella's uh, grandmother in her upline. Um, so she's in my upline as well. And right. oh my gosh, she's just both a riot and a genius. And I just can't get enough of her. <laughs> Remarkable woman. It is. And it's, it's a very, it's a nice line to be, uh, be from. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you see for yourself in the future? Where, I mean, we just talked about some of the mentoring, but what do you see specifically that you would like to see for yourself? Because obviously you've got another 60, 70, 80 <laughs> years to live. I mean, you're the, we're, you have the generation that's most likely to see a majority of your members reach 100 years old. 
And of course, and the trope, of course. I love to, um, like I said, I'd love to see, you know, us get our own little magazine newsletter up off the ground. That's a big dream of mine for a while. I had to put it on the back burner while we got other stuff up and running with COVID and everything, but that's Mm -hmm. still a dream. Um, You know, in talking with Bella, I have discovered that I would love to help be in ATC, you know, further leadership um, Mm -hmm. longer down the road. I am currently on the ATC High Council, which is an advisory board to the Arch Priesthood. Mm -hmm. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, I would love to continue to help the ATC grow and reach everyone and, you know, be be someone people can ask questions to and be someone that people look up to. You know, I've, Goddess has been giving me a lot of different things frequently that she wants me to put out into the world, such as, you know, book topics and um, article topics. And I am really excited to continue my learning and growing my knowledge while sharing it with others. And yeah, I'd love to just continue in this community and help people where help is needed. You mentioned that you do tarot card readings. So how would people contact you for that? I do. Um, You can actually contact me through the Seattle Psychics Association. Um, That is Seattle Psychics Association, psychics with an S dot com uh, online. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you know, of course, I'm the one having the issues with setting up my profile because I'm the Mercury Gemini. So but uh, (laughs) you can always contact them and they can get in contact with me. Um, But you can always find I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm uh, making up my own website right now, but I also read for keen.com, which is an online uh, tarot site, read psychic site for people to just call in and get psychic readings from people all over the world. So mm-hmm. that's mainly what I do, but you can totally reach me through Seattle Psychics Association. I'll have a profile on there very soon, as soon as Mercury stops messing with us. There you go. Absolutely. So the last statement I ask everybody to do is, uh, so you see a 15-year-old person yourself, uh, if you could talk to yourself at 15 or any 15-year-old out there, what would be the advice that you would give them? Whew, that poor 15-year-old. Huh? <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'd tell her just to hang on. You're doing the great work and everything you're experiencing is going to help you later on. Everything happens for a reason. There you go. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this and and so this is another one of our emerging young leaders. As you can hear, she's quite busy. Um, <laughs> even if you don't don't see her, I, I know we get so lost with our our great leaders, uh, and but they're they're supported by so many people. And uh, uh, Reverend uh, Brenna Grace is one of those individuals who are supporting. So when you see all that great stuff around ATC on, online, she's one of the people behind it. And so, thank you. And uh, we'll be right back with more Pagans Tonight after this break. Hi, everybody. And that's been the uh, uh, Avalon. It's tomorrow of the This is another episode. And uh, I just think it's been a really great one. Tomorrow night or the next episode, depending when you're listening to it. We will have Isabella Rizzo and Bethany Moore and continuing this process. It's, uh, I hope you're having as much fun as I have. And then today we're going to play BBC. We're going to finish out with Amazing Earth Goddess.
Tonight Radio signing off for the night, and we'll be back tomorrow. Blessed be.